Oh, don't you love it? Like, when the worship team just just sings your sermon, like, I'm just like, I should just go home. Oh, I've, uh, I've been praying for a word. I've been praying for, you know, God to give me some inspiration, you know, for two weeks. Michael and I, we switch off every other week, or we try to, and... He waited, huh. and I didn't know why, and I kept saying, God, it's easier when you give it to me early, and, but he waited because, because my heart wasn't ready, I don't think, I, I was focused on things, and, and he's, he's been showing me some stuff, you know, and I realized that, I mean, one thing I realized is we get up here a lot, and we talk about praying for the sick and prophesying, and uh, we don't really teach on it. I mean, we teach on it, but we don't, like, demonstrate it. And so, like, that's my heart coming up, you know. But this message is, is I think, what needs to come first. And, and I, not just because I think, but because he thinks, you know. And I really feel that God is preparing this family. One, he's brought people of tremendous faith together. And he's, and, and he's doing it for a reason, and he's preparing this family for a, an amazing outpouring. And every week I feel his presence growing stronger and stronger. But in prayer months ago, and I could even think back, back to like Pentecost Sunday when we were, when we were going after it then, and remember I, t- I made a comment that, that he's, he said that we're not ready for it. And everyone is super bummed. But, but we are, we're, he's preparing us, right? And, and that's, that's the thing is, it's not that we're not ready, like we're not good enough or we're not, we're not worthy enough or we're not holy enough or we're not anything, but he's preparing us so we can handle it, right? Because there's been lots of outpourings and there's been lots of revivals and, and our hearts need to be ready to receive it. So today, like, I want to talk about our desires. I want to talk about, like, what is your utmost desire? I mean, what is a desire, I mean, spiritually or naturally, that you, you desire more than anything else? Right? We, we desire to be super anointed. I mean, I'm just thinking spiritually here. We desire to be super anointed. We desire, like, the gifts of the Spirit, right? We desire... To heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons, right? Those are all good desires, right? We desire to know God's word really well. We, we desire to have just that, that knowledge and wisdom from heaven, right? Those are all amazing desires. But what I want to talk about today is, is what we should be ultimately desiring. Because honestly, I see a lot of people going after some of this stuff, and going after it is good, but if, if the purpose of going after it is not the ultimate desire, then we're going after the wrong stuff. Because I could heal the sick every single day, but if I don't heal the sick for the right reason, it's pointless. We see, and, and it's hard because even, even in our 
DNA, like our circle, we see people like Bill Johnson who get this knowledge and wisdom. And you can't help but want to be like that, right? And we've talked about this of the, the Todd Whites and the, the Heidi Bakers. And then we read about like crazy people like Jeremiah, like an amazing prophet. We're like, I want to be like him. Just kidding. If any of you really want to be like Jeremiah in the Bible, you're crazy because his job totally sucked. Like, he heard clearly from God, but he got put in a lot of bad situations because of it. Right? But that's, those are good desires. But if, if our ultimate desire is being like Jeremiah or being like Randy Clark or Mother Teresa, we're missing the point. Look, I see people chasing after these people. And maybe that's why it's such on my heart. Because sometimes I see people chasing after the next person that's got some crazy anointing and they're, they're running over there. Right? But that's not who we're trying to lead people to. Right? These are amazing people that we should be rubbing shoulders with to, to increase our faith. But our ultimate desire is what? Is God. Right? And what he has for us. Our utmost desire, the one that is to be in relationship with him, not just believe in him. See, all those things, every single one of them, healing the sick, raising the dead, prophecy, the Bible, wisdom and knowledge from heaven, it's all for one purpose, to open our hearts to receive him. See, those aren't what we should be desiring. I mean, we should desire them. They're okay to desire, but, but they actually lead us to the ultimate desire. So I love, have you guys ever like found like a chapter or a psalm that you just can't get past? So I've been reading Psalm 27. I've read it every single day this week. And in the past, I, I read it in a lot of different translations, but... I love the passion in this. So starting with uh, verse 4, or this is verse 4, here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes my pleasure in every prayer. Totally lost my notes. David is talking about this, this, this intimate relationship with God above all else, right? Like everything else. He goes on later on, verse 8, Lord, when you said to me, seek my face, my inner being responded. I'm seeking your face with all my heart. King David finds one thing he craves, one thing he seeks. It's not wealth. It's not anointings. It's not healing the sick. It's not anything else, but it's this intimate relationship with God. Right? But it's not just, just a, a relationship. It's a, like an intimate relationship. Right? Like a real deep 
relationship where I know you and you know me. Everything else is great, but if at the end of the day you're not seeking his face, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's about this relationship with God, right? Everything else is pointless. Do you understand, like, everything is pointless? Who has read Ecclesiastes? <laughs> pointless, 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 pointless. You're pointless. I'm pointless. Everything's pointless. But at the end, you fear God, right? And it's actually, like, this beautiful book that everyone kind of gets, like, this sucks because he says everything's pointless. But without our focus and knowing what our ultimate desire needs to be, which is his face, it's all pointless. It's all pointless. Someone could drop dead right here and we could pray and heal and raise him, but if that person doesn't know God afterwards, it's pointless. Right? What's that? I'll still pray for you. You're okay. <laughs> Matthew 7, 22-23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You evil doers. Like these guys that he's talking, like they, they knew about Jesus. They knew about his power. They believed in him. They obviously believed in him because they were doing miracles, signs, and wonders in his name. But guess what? He never knew them. Because we can, we can actually use his name with power and not know him. Sometimes our anointings become our idols. Sometimes other people's anointings become our idols. Gifts, signs, and wonders that are supposed to point to the one but become the one that's being pointed to. How do we expect Jesus to pour out his spirit on us and be us be able to walk in these miracle signs and wonders every single day unless we have this right? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to think about. He said, you evil doers. It's got really quiet. I don't think any of you are evil doers. Look, like, I am for the gifts. You guys know that. Like, I actually believe that every single Christian can walk in the gifts fully. I think it should be normal that we heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons and cleanse the lepers. Like, that's our normal day-to-day -day stuff. Right? But I want to make sure that we don't focus on it. I see too many times where people are being followed because of their gifting, 
and it's all about them. People go to their churches, people go to their places, and they worship them. And I want to tell you, in this house, it's not going to be that way. I think we're all gifted. We all have gifts. Okay, and the point of this house is to build each and every one of us up. Because it's not me, and it's not Michael, and it's not Paul, and it's not any one person. It's about Jesus. Because nothing else matters. Like, like nothing else matters. It's all pointless. Right? Because the gifts, the word, wisdom and knowledge, all that is to reveal the Father. Jesus showed us how to do it. Jesus walked in this intimate relationship with the Father, right? And it was through that, that miracles, signs, and wonders. And he came to what? Reveal the Father. But what happens when, when those miracles, signs, and wonders stop revealing the Father? I mean, Jesus prayed for, what, was it 10, and then only one returned? Was it nine, one returned? Nine or 10, one returned, right? It's about revealing the Father. It's about, it's about this, this intimate relationship. And Jesus has passed a torch to us. See, these things and preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel is just as powerful. Sharing testimonies just as powerful. It, it's, to, it's to align our hearts with his. It's a, not even align, but, but open our hearts to his. Testimonies, right? See, when I got saved, do you realize how many people came to me and said, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? Like, they assume something really bad happened because they hear so many testimonies of people hitting rock bottom and then getting saved. And at first, I thought, I'm like, no, I didn't hit rock bottom. Like, I was living a normal American life, not a normal Christian life. But I didn't hit rock bottom. But what I do realize is I did have something... Um, like the saying, this similar to a person that hits rock bottom, is it was my heart. See, when someone hits rock bottom, they have nothing else left, so they cry out to God, and they say, God, I need you. If you're real, I need you. I will do anything for you. Right? And their, their heart becomes open to God and what he has. And so you see a lot of people that hit rock bottom saved. Now, I didn't hit rock bottom, but... But my heart, I got this spark, this, this fire of curiosity, and this hunger to know more. And so my heart was positioned. Right? It's, it's, now, this, this isn't like out of the scripture, but I'm telling you, like, I think that we need to align our hearts. We need to open our hearts for what God has for us. Because even as Christians, if we keep our hearts closed, he, we don't really give them much to work with. But if we say, God, I want it all, and I want more from you, we are positioning our hearts for more. 
And that's what I want to do is I want to, I want to position our hearts to have a deeper intimate relationship. Because it's deeper than what we see here. It's deeper than we see anywhere else. It's everything. When he wants it all, this is what it is. He doesn't want anything to hold us away, away from each other. You guys realize, like, there's a difference between a relationship and intimacy, right? We always hear, into me you see, right? But, which is great, because it's, it does give you an idea. But I want to say, like, we can be in relationships with people and not have any intimacy. We can be in relationships with people and push them away. And, and it's, some of the things that we see is, like, fear right? And rejection, right? I was close to some guy that looked like Michael once, and we were super close, and we did everything together, but that guy stole my girlfriend, and then, then he beat my brother up, and he really hurt me. And so when I see Michael, and we start getting close, I'm like, ooh, I remember that guy. He kind of looked like Michael. He kind of acted the same. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right? And so what do I do? I push him away before he could hurt me again. We do that with God. We do that with God. You see, when we get close, sometimes fear builds up. And, and sometimes when, when people start to get to really know us, it's scary. Because what if they don't like us? What if you get to know me so well that you realize, like, I'm not a very good person? <laughs> See, these are the lies that we believe, right? Another thing is, like, is, is when we do something wrong, when we sin. Like, sin's a big thing. And, and a lot of times we just preach sin in the aspect that, that God rejects us somehow because we sin, right? Now, sin is against God, right? It is against God, and we are actually called to holiness. Like, you shouldn't be sinning. You're not a sinner saved by grace, right? You were a sinner saved by grace, and you're no longer slaves to sin, and you shouldn't be sinning. I, I don't, I, it's funny because you hear places that are like, I can never stop sinning, I'm, never per, I'm not perfect, and they, they speak this over themselves. But I'm like, that's not true. They get mad at me, and I go, don't get, get mad at the Bible. <laughs> I'm not saying anything that's not in the Bible. I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I'm not saying, like, I don't sin, but I'm not a sinner. But guess what? It's when I, when I fall away out of intimate relationship with him that I start slipping up over here. Because I'm convinced if we're in an intimate relationship with God, it's physically impossible for you to sin. Because you can only be a slave to one or the other. That's what the Bible says. Okay, look, but... But there's something deeper here. See, when I sin, 
I actually pushed myself away from God. I'm going to share like a super personal thing, a little confession. Sarah, you should be scared. <laughs> so before I was Christian, Sarah and I had a great relationship. And I loved her so much and the kids and everything else, right? I wouldn't have said we had any issues. But <clears throat> I was addicted to cigarettes. I was addicted to nicotine. I, there was one point where I'd have chewing tobacco in and smoke at the same time. Sarah couldn't stand me smoking, though. See, but I couldn't stop. So I would smoke behind her back, right? Because I couldn't stop. He said, Aunt Jesus, right? But what I realized was I wouldn't kiss her since she smoked cigarettes on me. I would start fiending for a cigarette, and guess what? I would make up a reason to leave. So we were in relationship, but I, my, the intimacy was going away, right? Because I was doing something that would not please her, so I separated myself from that. It's the same thing with sin. I'm telling you. We sin, and not only is it not pleasing to God, but us knowing it's not pleasing to God, we push ourselves away. Is this making sense? Like, it's, I actually think that what separates us from God the most with sin is actually us running from God because we don't think we're worthy. When we should be running to him and saying, God, I am sorry. I sinned. And I don't want to do it anymore, and I need your help. That should be our response, but what do we do instead? We slowly stop going to church. We slowly stop hanging out with our Christian friends. And it's this downhill slope where we are separating ourselves from him. We know him and we believe in him and we understand his power. But there is no longer an intimate relationship. That's why we confess our sins. Not for him. Because he already knows. Because... When I go to Sarah and say, Sarah, I'm so sorry. I've been smoking. I actually don't think I ever did this. Sorry. <laughs> right? If I said that to her, though, right? How much better do you think I would have felt inside? Even though she would have been super mad at me, she probably was, would be happier, though, that I wasn't doing it behind her back. And I could have asked her, like, will you help me? See, this is all pre-Jesus stuff. But this is, a, this is the reaction. And so we hear about sin separating us this one way, where God's going to, God is going to like strike us down with lightning and he doesn't want to associate with us. But what he really wants to do is he's just like, come back. Come back and let me help you through this. Because you can't stop smoking without me. Totally will. That's okay. God is calling us into this intimate relationship, yeah? That's actually what you were designed for. Anthem, you were designed to be in an intimate relationship with God. 
You were. Jayla, your song is beautiful because it just, it, it, it just talks about this intimacy. Right? Because nothing else matters. God created us to live in the garden with him and to have an intimate relationship with him. And then sin entered this world and it separated us. But we will return to the garden. And that's what it says in Revelations. So that's, his, that's what we were created for. That's his whole purpose. It's not for us to just come here and believe in Jesus. It's not to run around and heal the sick and raise the dead. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's to see his face. It's to see his face. That's it. It is through an intimate relationship that we become complete. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it a different way. We are incomplete unless we have an intimate relationship with our Creator. If we were designed to be in an intimate relationship with Him and we're not in an intimate relationship with Him, then there's something seriously wrong. Because if you know him and you love him and you know that he knows you and you know that he, he knows you, nothing, nothing else matters. The guy driving down the road flipping you off for making a mistake, it doesn't matter because God still loves you. <laughs> right? The person at work that's difficult to deal with, it doesn't matter because God still loves you. Your boss that tells you you're dumb and worthless and you're lucky to have a job, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because God, like the creator of everything, loves you and says you're perfect. Amen. <laughs> right? Nothing else matters. And when we realize that, nothing else will affect us. Everything we do should be to see his face. Everything. And if we're going out ministering, our goal actually shouldn't even be for them to confess their sins and give their hearts to Jesus. Our goal should be that they, people see his face. Because it's super frustrating. And, and a lot of you know that I feel like we see 10 people healed and sometimes none come back. <laughs> but it's not the healing that's the point. The healing reveals who God is. He reveal, it reveals that he's there. Right? But it's not the point. We need to find ourselves in relationship with them so we feel comfortable in who we are and how we're walking. So many times I hear people say, well, it's God's will that my life suck 
whatever it was, like they don't say life suck, but they say God's will, dot, dot, dot. I guess I'll do it. Like, well, don't you know God's will? They're like, God, how am I supposed to know God's will? The Bible says it. <laughs> right? John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. We're his friends. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we don't need to wonder. Like, there might be some steps in our lives where we're like, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know what your will is. Right? What's his will? For us to see his face. That's it. That's it. If anything we're doing isn't for that purpose, I'm telling you, it's pointless. Even if we love people, but it doesn't reveal the Father, and it doesn't bring people into relationship with him, it's pointless. Look, I, I wasn't a Christian most of my life. And there's people out there that love really, really well. Non-Christians. We don't have the trademark. I mean, I, I kind of feel like we do, but they're copying and we should sue them. <laughs> Just joking. But, but it's not about, I mean, it's about him, right? If our love doesn't lead people into what they're destined for, what they're created for, which is to know him, it's pointless. Do you understand, when we have an intimate relationship with him, there's no more offense. There's no more offense. There's no more pride. There's no more fear. There's no more anger. Why? Because nothing else matters. How do you think people deal with persecution the way they do? Like, we don't talk about Jesus because someone might think we're funny. Or they might think what we're doing is ridiculous. We're so, or we, God forbid, we might get ran up at work. But there's people dying for the name of Jesus. And they're doing it happily because nothing else matters. Because nothing else matters. <laughs> Look, I'm going to, I love this verse. So I'm, I'll give you guys a little ammo, okay? Because all those people that say the gifts have ceased and the Bible says it ceased. And I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you the scripture that they'll always use. But it's super relevant to, to what we're talking about. So it's 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. 
Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And what they'll say is that the Bible is perfection. So, praise God, when the Bible is published, we hit perfection. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, it's, it's like it, it breaks every single interpretation rule, but I've had instructors try to use it. But what it does talk about is sometimes we focus on all those things, you know, the prophecies, the healing, the speaking in tongues, but in the end, it doesn't matter. Because we'll be face to face with God and there'll be no sickness and we'll hear from his mouth. We won't need prophecy. We won't need to be speaking tongues. Because what we don't know, because we only know in part now, we'll know in fullness when we're face to face with him. Does that make sense? So next time someone tells you that, say, ha. Huh. I love it. Bless them. Bless them. So what is your utmost desire? Jesus. What is your utmost desire? To see his face. What in your life is separating you from God? I think we could all, like, I think there's always, there's something that we can think of that is keeping us separate. Maybe it's sin in our life. Maybe it's that we just need to confess. Maybe it's, it's fear or pride or we, we, we fear that, that he's not going to do what he says he's going to do. Right? Maybe we've been hurt by other people. Maybe we're jealous. Maybe we see people with crazy anointings and we're like, I'm not like them and I will never be because I suck. We do that. It's natural. But it's not about any of that. And, and that's what we need to realize. It's about intim an intimate relationship with, with God. Look, I've been blessed to be able to get to know some of these people. And I will tell you, they don't care about anyone else. I mean, they care about other people. But they don't look and they don't idolize other people. And they, don't, they, they seek his face. They seek his face, and that's it. And out of it comes their amazing anointing. Heidi Baker will lay there on the floor with her face down until she sees his face. I don't know if I've ever talked to anyone that loves him as much as she does. I mean, the relationship that she has is incredible. You know, all, Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, you name it. They all have this deep, deep, intimate relationship with God, and their anointings are birthed out of it. And they will tell you that. So what is keeping us from that, that complete relationship? Are we idolizing? Are we idolizing gifts of the Spirit? 
What needs to be broken off? What lies are we believing of our self-worth and our identity needs to be broken off? Look, I'm not perfect. And, and nothing I could say, what I realize is I could sit here and preach this all day long and it doesn't, it's pointless. It's pointless. But my prayer, my prayer is that in this time that, that, that something is sparked in your heart. Because it's through intimacy with God. I can't force you to have an intimate relationship with him. But I pray that, that through my words, that something sparks to where you go, God, position my heart for more. I, I pray that through my words that, that something is done in your heart to where you go, God, I confess my sins because I no longer want them to keep us from each other. I am sorry. Help me. If you want to stop sinning, if you want to stop doing the stuff that you were doing, only one person can help you, and that's God. So quit running. We are the ones that separate from him. Give it all to God. King David's inner being responded. Responded. I mean, that just sounds amazing. Let's position our hearts so our inner beings respond too. Because if not, everything else is pointless. So I'm going to close in prayer. And Jayla, can you guys do another song? Yeah. God, we got to see your face. <laughs> God, let today just be something that opens up people's hearts, wherever they are, to more. It's your face that we want. It's your face we want. Align us. Because nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, God. I thank you that nothing else matters. God, I'm begging you for more. I'm begging you for more. I'm begging you that we walk so closely to you that, that we can honestly believe that nothing else matters. I beg that, that we are so close to you that nothing else matters. That no hurt or pain, no, no fear, no sin can stop us. Help us forgive people from the past. We need you, Lord. As we go in this, this last song, just, just, just reach out to him. If you want to come up and get on your knees, and if you want to, if you want to just come, don't, you don't need, just do it however you want. 
Like if you want to just come up and just confess your sins or just just ask God for forgiveness or or if you want to just sit there and, and forgive those people that have left you with hate, that is separating you from having an intimate relationship with him today, do it. We have to let it go. We have to give it all to God. Thank you, Jesus.
please, just, just tonight, or over the next week, just, just ask God, like ask God what is keeping you separate. And ask God to position your heart for more. See, I could say this to everyone here because there's always more of Jesus. <laughs> there is always more until we're walking the garden with him. There's more intimacy. But ask him for help. Don't feel like you have to do anything. Don't take my message and make it about what you have to do in order to earn this intimate relationship. Open your heart to more. And nothing else matters. Seek his face. Desire his face. Because in the last chapter of the Bible, it says, you will see my face. We will be face to face with God. I bless you all. And I, I, I pray for heavenly encounters. I pray that, that God come in and just totally wreck you. I pray that you can't function normal. <laughs> I pray this for all of us. Jesus, we love you. And Jesus, we love you. Let's just say that together. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We want all of you, Jesus. We want it all, God. Take it all. We give it all to you, God. It's in your mighty name I pray. Amen. If anyone needs prayer, um, please come up. Um, if anyone just, just whether you're, you're dealing with something or if you just want... Just pray for, for more of God. Find someone and let, let's just go after it together. Bless you all.